Are you wearing two jackets? No, I'm wearing a, a tweed waistcoat and a jacket Are you? and a and a, a Paul Smith shirt. So yeah, yeah, yeah that, that looks a little bit like Whereas, your pajamas. Yes, well, you look like you're wearing a onesie, actually. I <laughs> there's nothing wrong with onesies. Mm. Anyway. Well, yours is more like a one and a half season. <laughs> Stop it. Welcome, everybody, to episode five of the Mid-Faith Crisis. Uh, my name's Nick Page, and I'm joined as ever by uh, Joe Davis. Hello. How are you doing, Joe? I am doing very well, thank you. Are you really? No, I'm not. I've got backache and I'm in pain and it hurts. And I only got two hours sleep last night because I was in such pain. But I know you didn't really want that answer. So now, you know. Well, no, I'm... You were just expecting me to go, yeah, I'm fine, which is why I said, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. No, I'm very pastorally minded towards you, obviously. I have healing hands. That's what I told told the judge anyway. Um, (laughs) But I'm thinking... So what have you been up to? Uh, I've uh, seen a couple of great films I saw The United Kingdom Oh, that is so great And Sully Oh my goodness, that was well, so it's Sully, exciting. isn't he in Monsters, Inc? <laughs> no uh, I'm sure he is No I don't is... really get out to go to You see, because you live in a place where You can go and see films really cheap, can't you? Yes, I can Three Because most of the people around you are almost dead, and so they're just trying to oh, get people stop out it. of their house. Stop Isn't that it. right? You're so rude. No, this is not true. Ladies and gentlemen, move to Worthing. It is a wonderful place, and you mm-hmm. can go to the Dome Cinema on a Monday night for £3. Yes, I said £3. I know, and you can go amazing. to the Connaught Cinema, because obviously we have more than one cinema in Worthing, on a Wednesday night for £3. It's extraordinary. So uh, we've started a little club, and we go to the movies every week. And it's wonderful. Yeah, it's brilliant, actually, because, I mean, in, in Oxfordshire, where I live, you have to take a mortgage out to go to the cinema, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know. And this, if I may say so, is the advantage of Soul Place, which is our little uh, church. It, I call it experimental church. Well, I like to think of it as a cult, basically. But, yes, But yes. part of the rules <laughs> of the cult are there are no church meetings. So, I mean, my life used to be non-stop church meetings in the early right. part of the week, whereas now Monday night is film night. yeah. I've got out of church meetings largely by not going. That's the other thing that I... That is the other alternative. To not signing up to anything, not going, not really engaging with people in any any meaningful way. Not being any help to your community whatsoever. Not not actually answering the phone. And what a fine role model you are for us all. Key key technique of mine, never replying to emails. It's it's working very well for me. And... uh, What else? Oh, yeah, I wrote a book on the Reformation, because, like, how difficult is that? Didn't take long. (laughs) <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> um, I got my book on the Reformation off to the publisher. Did you? Yeah. Actually, well, congratulations. Well, I say that. I got all the text, the main text off, 90 whatever thousand words of text off. I've got to do some illustrations and maps and jokes, comedy <laughs> bits. <laughs> but um, but the main text is gone, which is good. So I'm Great. very happy with that. And I went to a wine tasting Aha. on Saturday night. Did you? How did that work out for you? I've, I think I might still be hungover <laughs> and it's Wednesday. I'm not sure. It was you, pretty epic. It was you. pretty epic. I tell you. But um, You Anglicans kill me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, have we got any feedback? 
Uh, yeah, we've uh, well, uh, it's two things to say. We have had some wonderful feedback, and I would like to thank everyone who goes to all the bother of writing in each time. And I want to make a heartfelt plea. Please, can you share with us? Is it okay to you know read out some of this stuff? Because some of the stuff is really wonderful. Some of it's very personal. Some of it's very painful occasionally. And I'm I'm you know obviously don't feel comfortable just sharing stuff unless people have said we can so please let us know if you can i do try and write back to everyone uh, i think i have written back to everyone uh so that's good and yes i've had a, a wonderful correspondence but i might I've, maybe we'll pick it up okay. later rather than oh, now okay fine no we do appreciate it and um i do read them as well um although joe is joe as we've previously ascertained has um both a pastor's heart and indeed a pastor's leg and uh, Indeed. he's really good at that kind of thing. So, uh, again, feel free to write in to joe at midfaithcrisis.org and uh, we'd love to hear your points of views. And also, I think probably we're, we're still adjusting to the right sort of questions to set yeah, up. Sure. I've got a letter here, unusually. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is good. from, um, let me see, it's, uh, it's from a Mrs. Ethel Sad old person. Okay. And uh, she writes this, she says, Dear Songs of Praise... I was shocked to see on last week's edition a young man playing the guitar, or as I like to call it, Satan's banjo. <laughs> please, <laughs> make myself laugh. <laughs> please, can we stick to choirs and proper hymns? My favourite is O Day of Gloom and Wrath Impending, although I do have a soft spot for John Wesley's classic Je Tame. In. in <laughs> In the meantime, perhaps you could help us all a bit more by discussing the question, what is church? Oh. Uh, isn't that amazing? That's extraordinary. That was what we were Well, planning. we were thinking of going there, and as always, with her... She's, she has a prophetic ministry. Insight. Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Incredible insight. Yeah. So, uh, I think this is an interesting question, because I think one of the things that really has struck me about doing this kind of stuff is that... The, if, I mean, if I had a pound... For every time somebody came up to me and said, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church anymore. Yeah. I'd have, yeah. about, I don't know, £20.50, because one of them I left halfway through the conversation. I wasn't there. Because it wasn't about but, you. you know, <laughs> it wasn't about me. No, but I've had, I, you know, I hear it so much oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. about that. So, so let me throw that open to you. You've done... Yeah, ecclesiology and I have, I have, and, I and you've run churches into the ground. Completely, yeah, I absolutely finished them off. <laughs> yeah, as a ministry, I suppose. And um, yeah, so what, what? What? Let's let's bat it back. Oh well, what this is good. I mean, I can't believe it's taken till episode five to really take on this really big one uh, about yes. about church, really. And I think uh, you know the reason you and I are doing this is because we actually still believe in church and there are a thousand reasons to be cynical about church and to be down. But you and I both know brilliant people. Many of them are our friends doing extraordinary work in cities and rural situations, mm. run, you, you know, leading communities uh, and their communities are better places because the churches are there. So mm. I, I kind of want to want to say when church is good, it can be absolutely great. And I've worked with some inspiring people, uh, Steve Chalk and the, the whole uh, Oasis ministry in London. And also um, I'm connected now with Dave Steele and one church in, in Brighton. I don't know whether I should be mentioning names, but, you know, these are extraordinary churches. One church in Brighton is just uh, an amazing church. Are we sponsored by one church? Is that is that why well, you I, keep mentioning no. them? Soul Place actually is sponsored by it because I because I'm not allowed to start my own cult. The Baptists insist that I have a sensible <laughs> 
proper church overseeing what I do. Although, of course, you and I both know I do want my own cult. The only yeah. way to make money is for us to get a cult going, I think. <laughs> I think. I think we should start it. No, so I want to kind of ring that that bell big and, and clear that church, mm. when it works, uh, when a community of people decide we are going to follow the teachings of Jesus and we're going to make this this town or this community a better place it's it can be so inspiring and so good um but but there is a dark side and, and we both know people aren't still leaving churches in record mm. numbers and not difficult people and not people with an axe to grind and not you know th- these are friends these are good people people who used mm. to be really really involved in their churches and they're leaving and i think I think sometimes churches are a little bit reluctant to ask why. And I guess part of this podcast is exploring, uh, A, why, why perhaps people would do that, but also what the options are if, yeah. if you're in that place and maybe you're in a mid-faith crisis. And what do you... so perhaps we should uh, think about well, what, what isn't church to start with. Because you know, I think it's one of the problems with... Any form mm. of religion is that you know you mistake form for content. You know the way sure. we do things yeah. becomes yeah. Uh, sanctified. It becomes you know because we like doing things in a certain way, or yeah. because we've signed up to certain things. We think that's the way you do, of course, um, church, or that's the way you you do these things. Well, I think as a historian, you know, I'd want to say that that the way we do church is is you know possibly right for our culture, but it's not the only way that people have done church sure. or. or do it around the world i mean i i work a lot with um the persecuted church for example with mm. um organizations that are to do with that and uh you know the most commonest form of church for them is a house church yeah it's a church that yeah. meets in somebody's house undercover oh, it is quietly, does things very um yeah. yeah does things very uh differently yeah so when you hear about church going on in those kinds of places mm. it kind of makes you think well what is it and the other the other um, part of my life as a, as a historian is looking at the early church and seeing how they mm. did it. I mean, in, in the New Testament, we get one real picture of a church meeting, and that's in Acts 17 when mm. when Paul meets in Troas, you know, in the... Yeah, yeah. The, yeah well, sure. And, uh, you know, core to that is breaking bread together. Yeah. There's some form of teaching going on. I ought to fly the flag here for Paul as well, because he's often... That story where the young man, Eutychus... Yeah. Uh, falls out the window. Bless him. Yeah, it's a really funny story because Eutychus uh, means lucky. <laughs> I think it's great, but and it's always Paul who gets blamed. Paul, you know, they say oh, it's, it's Paul goes on and on and the, he bores this man to death. And actually, the word that you, is used for what Paul is doing there is dialegami, which means dialogue. Yeah, so he's not preaching; uh... he's having a conversation. So I think we, you know, one of the things we have to say is when we talk about church, or I don't go to yeah. church anymore. Sure. Well, you might not do it in a particular way. Sure, and um, and a church for so many people has come to mean the Sunday gathering and the the yes. band yeah. and you know or the ABC people call it and their attendance buildings and cash, and that for them is how they perceive church. But no, it's much richer than that. And I think often we divorce disciple making mm. and attending church. So what would what would make a meeting church, for example? So I used to meet with people, meet people, and they yeah. would say, "Oh well, you know, I don't go to church anymore. I just uh, me and my mates we have a coffee. That's our church." And I was thinking, "Well, no, that's just having a coffee with your mates. That's not church." Well, I, I mean, my definition would probably be simpler than yours, but I, I think mm. church is well. You are simpler <laughs> well, in, in so many ways, but I think 
church for me means a community of people and the basis of their gathering together as a community is is to follow jesus that's right. our motivation for getting we are we are learning how together we can integrate the teachings of jesus into our lives so that we can be called followers of jesus okay yeah what do you think well, of that say, well i think that's quite interesting I would say that but could wrong. be a lot of people just having a coffee together. Well, it could be that you're on on that particular occasion when you're meeting to discuss yeah. how you follow Jesus, you are having a coffee. Okay, well, I would say there's a few things that you that 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 you do. There's some actions that you do which turn meeting your mates into church. Yeah. In in terms of uh, you know, kind of historical understanding of it, first would be the kind of thing you've just outlined, which is discipleship, which yeah. is training. I think um, I think personally that the Eucharist yeah. communion is absolutely yeah. key. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can cook, you can have a church along New Testament lines that doesn't do that. You know, in some in some form or fashion. Um, oh, you're so old-fashioned. No, I am. I'm I'm so old-fashioned. I'm going right back. The Salvation to... Army don't have Eucharist, so are they yeah, not a church. Yeah, I know. Huh? Well, huh? Huh? I think I think. I do have a lish, an issue with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have an issue. I don't know what. No, I, you know, I, I, I would say that it's absolutely crucial, what? Eucharist. It was what Paul put all his emphasis on. Sure. Really. No, and, and, and as you know, we meet as a small uh, church in, in our house. Mm. Yeah, the Eucharist is incredibly in, integral to that, as is a whole meal, I hasten to add. And I yes. don't particularly like separating either of those things. I, yes, I, well, I know you don't like anything to get in, in the way of your meal, do no, you? absolutely not. Uh, least of all religion. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's that. And Bible, the Bible, showing the scriptures together, that's 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 pretty crucial. I think, again, yeah. that can come into the training sure. bit. Um, and then, and prayer. So I, I, I think those things make sure... I probably would lob in something else, which was also charity. Because I think when you look at the early church, yeah. the models of early church in um, Acts... Um, in Paul's letters, they're all, they're always collecting for the poor. So there's some kind sure. of outreach as well yeah. involved. But but beyond that, I wouldn't make any. Place. Sure, it doesn't sure. Have to have music. Oh, that, it doesn't have to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, flower arranging, obviously. Right, it has to have that. Yeah. And it has to serve tea from those little green cups oh, yeah. that are yeah. chipped with the little three <laughs> yeah. the little three rings. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Trinitarian rings. Yeah. Um, and the toilets have to be incredibly cold every time you go into them. Right? <laughs> The church toilets have to be arctic. You sort of you have to you queue behind a walrus and a penguin to go in there, really. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, I I, no. I I think. Well, I mean, it's nice to have these foundational principles and everything, but I, I always see Jesus arriving on the scene and messing up the boxes that we I guess so. we yeah. we put these things in. And what I do think is that. As a and and I speak as a leader who has who has been guilty of this very thing. I think I think we get the emphasis wrong. So sometimes you know Jesus said two things. He said um, he said first of all he said I will build my church. And and but he also said to his disciples he says go and make disciples. So Jesus is doing something and we're doing something else. So Jesus is building the church. But the disciples are going and making disciples. And I think I've always wanted that the other way around. I think I would always rather build a really groovy big church, you know, because, mm. you, you know, but leave the discipleship to God because that's messy and difficult and tricky. And, yeah. and I think I think often I have missed that emphasis. 
and I think, well, let's just create the grooviest service we can and let's get lots of numbers in. And, you know, they get my wonderful preaching, so they'll be discipled or whatever. And, of course, that isn't true. That isn't what happens at all. Right. And eventually, you know, what you have is a sort of religious club of people who like the singing and they like the, you know, hopefully the preaching and they like coming along because they feel welcome and included and... And it looks for all the world like a church, but actually it's really like a bit of a club. And and the, the dry, you know, actually becoming Christ-like isn't really happening at all. Which is how come you can go to church for years and years and years and still me- be mean and still not yeah. really think God loves yeah. you and still yeah. not, you know, yeah. embrace these basics of Christian discipleship? Because we're putting all the emphasis on, on that um, hour, hour and a half. Yeah. On a Sunday morning, exactly. Right? Twice, twice yeah. if you're Baptist, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. We're obsessed with that, with that yeah. hour bit, and exactly. making that bullion. Funnily enough, I I had a, a message this week from someone who was a bit exasperated with their church because the church had taken the decision that because someone hadn't been regularly attending on a Sunday, and this was a woman whose you know uh, partner did not come to church, who has young children, and so it's really difficult to get to church on a Sunday. And so because that had happened, uh, the church had issued the decree that they are they are not allowed to go to their their small group, their home group. Because you need to be a committed, come along to church on a Sunday. And I think that's so sad. That's really missing the point about what church is doing. And what was exasperating about it, of course, is this was the church that was sort of trying to reach out to people like this dear lady. (laughs) But then put this huge burden on them. Uh, yeah. to you know attend every sunday because that's the that's most important that's very sad yeah yeah it is it is sad what so let's come back to this question then about why do people stop going and, and why and and if i can add on that and why in particular do they stop going when they hit their mid-faith crisis yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah sure well i've thought long you know i do think long and hard about you this. do yeah, often just, bef- <laughs> just before trying to put your trousers on that yes. takes about half an hour of deep thought <laughs> so and I, and i think if the distinct stages of the mid-faith crisis are those boxes we talked about before they're order and then disorder and then reorder I think the church can really only help with the with the first bit. You know that that ordering, that kind of you know you have that spiritual awakening. You need some guidance. You need some laws. You need some rules. You need some boundaries and a place in which to flourish and grow. And churches generally uh, are absolutely brilliant at doing that. They can they can supply courses. They can do sermon series. They can they can inspire you with their bands and their singing and they can really encourage and nurture faith at those kind of you know earlier stages. But then when you get to that point where you're questioning and you're do you know, you're, you're starting to realise that actually there are some really deep things you need to bear into. And the Bible, you know, you've got some questions about that sort of stuff. And it's a bit more spoke. They can't put on a course. You need someone really one on one to talk to about that. You need, a, I think, a spiritual friend or companion uh, at that point. Obviously, a large church is so busy running the organisation. It's really difficult to create space in that for a bespoke journey for all those people who yeah. are hitting this point yeah. you know? and so you let me understand this because i think this is quite a profound point thank you um no careful uh, 
Um, but the, the, I think it is. It, your contention is that the church can really, as we've yeah. done it, church can only take you so far. Yeah, it can, it can take only, you to the chrysalis. It, it can, it can take deliver you, you there, but yeah. the, but after that, you actually have to get out on your own a bit and take yeah. your own responsibility. So it's not necessarily that we're criticising church here for, no. for, for no. not delivering. No. We're saying perhaps we're expecting something out of church no. that, yeah. As it's constituted, it cannot yeah. deliver. No, exactly. And I would not criticize, you know, I wouldn't judge anyone who's cynical and bitter or been hurt by church. I too have been hurt by church. I too um, have been cynical about church. But I want to assure people there's a way out of this mid faith crisis. And it comes from, I think, part of the big key for it is taking responsibility for your own growth for the rest mm. of the journey it's not the worship leaders fault it's not the poor mm. pastors fault it's not the church leadership team's fault it's not the, you know you often hear people say oh i didn't feel the spirit there or i'm not growing anymore or the teachings mm. and we don't hear the word enough there and and you know i've I, i've been on the receiving end of that as a leader and i think i have said those same things myself in all honesty, so I, I've 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 seen this from both sides. It probably is the worship leader's fault. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> no. Especially if he's playing Satan's banjo. No, if he's playing Satan's banjo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but the point is, whose responsibility is it that I worship God wholeheartedly? Is it the worship leader's responsibility? Mm. And the answer to that is a resounding, of course, it is no. There can only be one person responsible as to whether I wholeheartedly worship God, and that is me. No one else is responsible for that. And for my growth, for this next part of the journey, and we've talked about this before, that it's quite an inner journey. Um, and it's our responsibility to do that. Now, what we need is encouragement and uh, people who believe in us and a certain degree of trust as we become vulnerable and, and open our lives up more to God. I mean, we need people around to support us. But that part of the journey, I say again, is not the church leader's responsibility. We have to start taking... In the earlier stages of faith, all the responsibility is on the church and the church leadership and the, and the teacher and the pastor or the small group leader or the youth leader or whoever it is that's nurturing us and discipling us and encouraging us in those early stages. But in the latter stages... We have to take responsibility. If we say we're not being fed anymore, well, go and get a meal. You you know, to use that an analogy again of the, the caterpillar and the butterfly, you know, you, your caterpillar has no choice. They're born onto the environment and they eat their environment and they do that. But the butterfly has the opportunity to fly further afield and to gain things from all over the place. So it's down for us. You know, if, if we genuinely think teaching is the problem, which incidentally I don't think is the problem, I think it's doing what we know. But, you know, if you think teaching, you can get teaching everywhere nowadays. Get teaching. Mm. Don't blame the poor pastor for not doing a series that you need to hear. Uh, you can find it. Um, mm. So I think that's a really important thing. And then I don't know whether you want to push back on this a bit more. I want to talk about how do we survive going to church? But tell me well, whether yeah. we've come to that point yet. Well, let's, I, I think, I think, I think I'll probably want to say that ha having heard, all, I think that's very, very powerful and good, and I think it's true, and I can see it in my own life that actually, that quite often, that is exactly what I'll do mm. on a Sunday morning, mm. that I will seek, you know, I won't necessarily go down to church, but I will, I'll go into my shed, 
yeah. famous shed or yeah. I'll go to another church or I'll do this, you know. Yeah. But I haven't stopped having community with my own church and I still go there regularly. Yeah. And I, I, I think I would like to hear from uh, vicars and uh, pastors who are trying to nurture that kind. There must be something that churches can do to at least provide an environment where people can uh, help with their own self-learning, where people can, wow. you know, where they could get together with others. Uh, I would love that. Well, we're trying to do, I'm, I'm thinking about that here. How do I do that in a spiritual formation group or something like that? Yeah. But something that is still connected to the church. Uh, but I agree with you. I think we should stop looking at the clergy to solve all of our yeah all of our issues in that way that's the, that's unfair but yeah. anyway so so what was i supposed to ask how do, you? how do people survive going to church well i i think and and this is where i will join a, a, a listener's letter uh to us okay. um because yeah. i this i think is the absolute key and i i've discovered this to be true myself and i've, I've shared it with so many people uh, and and this person said this i think the past few weeks have been God finally and utterly shredding any rem- remnant in me of, inverted commas, churches where I go to be fed, nurtured, helped meet Jesus. Now, I don't mm. think they mean that in a negative way. Mm. What they're saying is this idea that I'm going to church to be fed and nurtured mm. and helped and I'm going to have a profound experience of God when I go there which Everywhere. is often our earlier experiences of church. What happens yeah. in the mid-faith crisis is that stops. I think this person is really onto something. No, I think now you've got to go to church, to church meaning the community, mm. on a whole new basis. And the basis is, that, is this. I'm here to serve and encourage and bless. And I may receive nothing from mm. the singing or the teaching, or the things, because actually I'm connecting with God in other ways throughout the rest of the week and everything. But when I go to this community, because they are my community, I want to love them, and I, I, I want to be there for their good, and I want to serve them. And you may say, well, this feels like a raw deal. Uh, hang on, you know, it's got to be two ways. Well, yes, I think it has got to be two ways, but certainly for me, the whole uh, going to church on a Sunday experience changed for the better for me when I stopped going with expectations that this is all about me being blessed. No, yeah. it's about me going to bless others. And strangely, and of course, paradoxically, there is a blessing in that which you receive. Yeah. Sometimes, not always. Yeah. I think I think I want to say that, you know, I want to encourage people to go to church over the Christmas period and, I, I, you know, go, go to Carol's by Candle and do those things. But but don't go for the nice gooey feeling that a Christmas service gives you. Go there and look out for the people who are on their own and who need an encouraging word. Go there and, and, and see if there's a way you could get involved and serve people and help out. Don't, don't go there with the expectation, I've got to have a nice gooey experience of God or I've got to hear something truly inspirational that's going to break me out of my cycle of depression yeah. and yeah. lead me to a whole new understanding. No, just go to serve and to bless. Hmm. Great. Well, um, I I think we'd encourage people to go to church over Christmas. Go perhaps yeah. to a different church as well. Try something else. Try yeah. something completely yeah, outside absolutely. your own tradition. Uh, and yeah. uh, really, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, which actually will be uh, Christmas Eve. So I don't know quite what we're going to do. I think we should um, record a special Christmas message. Shall we record like the Queen? Yeah. 
exactly. Okay, we'll do that. We'll have a we'll have a little Christmas something for you um, uh, for, to play on whatever new iDevice you get for Christmas. Exactly. So, um, thank you very much for being with us. Thank Thanks you for listening. Please and, keep writing uh, in. Yes, do do get in touch. Uh, and Bye. goodbye.